prayer request. Father, we pray that you will come and meet with every individual and every family in power in Jesus' name. Lord, for those that are believing for a breakthrough with health, we pray, God, that you will come and bring that healing touch, bring that encouragement into their lives in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for those that are contending for relationships that have been broken and for prodigals to return. Lord, we say amen. Lord, bring back the prodigals this Christmas, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, move in hearts and minds. Lord, we know that this is a season where your spirit and your power can come and you can draw people back to yourself using nostalgia and using the season and then appears Jesus Christ, the divine counsellor, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so Lord, we pray. Lord, we do agree together at this time in our province. Father, we pray for our province and Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, have mercy. We pray for all those that have been displaced on the lower mainland and also in merit in the surrounding towns and area, Lord. And we pray, God, that you will be with each of those families, with each of that situation, and you will pour your love and your mercy, your provision into their lives, Lord Jesus. For those that we are hosting in Kelowna, in the, the many hotel rooms, Father, we pray that in the quietness of an evening, that, Lord, you will visit every family from merit and the area. And, Lord, you will speak to them in your name. That you will bring your presence. Lord, I know many prayers have been prayed in desperation. And, Lord, we ask that you will answer those prayers. Answer those prayers. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, we pray that you will hear as it used to be. 
In, in England, we used to call that appearance called the jumble sale. Have you ever heard of that? The jumble sale. And it feels like we're, not, we're having an unholy jumble sale in there. But let me tell you, what's in there is the holiest thing we've done. And it's beautiful. And it's glorious, isn't it? It is, um, it is holy. It is wonderful. It is uh, wonderful to be able to uh, serve our community. I, uh, I'm, I'm uh, am bemused and amazed and humbled and in awe of the roller coaster journey that we've been on. Uh, from one weekend, uh, we had very sad news, to another weekend where we are uh, the center of operations for ESS, and then suddenly the whole of Kelowna turns up with some magnificent donations. I mean, we've got um, three containers on the site now, boxed up, full up, ready. But the people of uh, Merritt and the surrounding area have been coming in and they've been connecting with us. I mean, let me just tell you, some of the stories, those stories are heartbreaking. But the warmth and the kindness that has been shared has been, it's been incredible. Uh, just, just, just the generosity. And you know, Kelowna and the church, you didn't just give your, you beautiful stuff, like Patagonian coats. North Face coats. I've been on my knees resisting the temptation. It's, it, it's been amazing. Going through the boxes, looking at the shoes, the boots. I mean, what has been donated, the ladies from, and different people from the Merritt community have come in. They've been blown away by the generosity of Kelowna. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, Lord, thank you for choosing us to be a center of good news to our community. Thank you, Lord. And I, I believe that the reason that is, and you'll know I'm going to say this, because you know me. I believe the reason the Lord has given us this great honor is because we have prevailed in prayer. I can only put it to that. And this evening is with a one prayer again. And last time we held it, it was on Halloween, and we did an outreach to hundreds and hundreds of families, but still there was a lovely crowd here. The week time before, we had over 150 people gathered and worshipped in prayer. Can I invite you to come tonight at 5.30 and worship and then pray? And let's pray for our province. Let's pray for these towns. Let's pray for God's intervention. Let's pray. We've got these, these uh, shipping containers ready to go to land in merit and to do and to give out and to, when it's ready. But we need prayer to make this happen. We need the location where it needs to go. We need the opportunity. We've been working with churches and talking to them with interior savings that are there and so on. And we've been talking to the managers and the regional managers because they want to partner with us. And that's good news. But we do need anything that we aim to do in the kingdom of God has to be covered in prayer. And this Christmas, we're going to have probably still hundreds and hundreds of families 
it's still here in Kelowna. And we need to pray for our Christmas season, that as we step into our Christmas season, that this will be a time of hope, that this will be a time of harvest, that people will say, I went through the floods, but something remarkable happened. I stepped into an ark, and that ark brought me to safety, and that ark, his name is Jesus Christ. And we've got to believe that the message of the good news is, is a place of safety for even those who experience this kind of devastation. And that out of great pain, that out of great suffering, out of great agony, people will discover the beauty and the presence of Jesus who understands them. Will you come and pray? Come and join us. Those of us online, come and join us. There'll be plenty of space to spread out or join us online for prayer. Because we want to... Give that hour and a half from 5.30 to 7. We want to give that hour and a half to the Lord. And when the day of judgment comes, I want to stand before the Lord and say that we were the watchmen on the wall. And we were praying for the needs of our province. We're praying for the needs of our nation. And we were willing to say, yes, Lord, come in power. We're contending for revival. We're contending for it. We can't create it. We can't make it. But we can contend for it. So I've been so uh, proud of our church and so amazed at the, the volunteers. The article went into Castanet before the email went out to our members. And when the article hit Castanet, before, because you can see this all on the, on, the, on, the, on the data, before you signed up, 56 people from the community signed up from the article in Castanet. It's amazing. And I think we had about 250 volunteers sign up, and, and of which three quarters of those were, were from the community that came and wanted. And this church has been full of the community, and, and God has rewritten our story, and God has rewritten it in such a remarkable way. And that is, um, I, don't, I can only be humbled at that. And so, uh, although we're in Advent season, I wanted to uh, try and continue for us to think about things from Colossians. And if you're new here today, we've been working our way pretty much through the book of Colossians, verse by verse, bit by bit, taking it. And we know that Colossians is a small church, probably about uh, a dozen families in in a valley that is dominated by pagan worship, in a valley that is dominated by alternative religion, in a valley where there is the pressure to conform to society, and Paul is in prison in Rome, and as Paul is in prison in Rome, he is writing to this group, this small church, this small church, like I explained it, like a small church in Peachland, and a little church between the great cities of Ephesus and um, and Laodicea, and, and there in the um, Lycan Valley, there, there was this little church that was struggling and being influenced by pagan thinking, by, by ideas that were promoted by what we call Gnostic, 
criticism and ideas to take them backwards. And Paul writes to them, and he writes to them with one message. He writes with them and reminds them about the supremacy of Christ and that they must not give in to false ideas and to false doctrine, but they must stand firm and they would know the truth of Christ because in Christ, he holds the whole of the universe together. In Christ, he holds all things creation together. In Christ, he is head of creation. He is the head of the church, and Christ is the head of all things. And then he instructs them, warns them about dangers of false philosophies, clever ideas. He warns them about what I call Scooby Scooby-Doo theology. Spooky little theology that says you've got to go through so many layers and so many levels to get to a certain spirituality. No layers, no levels. There's just one place to experience true spirituality, and that is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the way. He is the Savior. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He is the one that comes. And then... He explains about, in chapter 2, about the warnings of this Gnosticism, the warnings of these false philosophies, the warnings of being overwhelmed by the thinking of the world. And, and he takes us through this process, and then all of a sudden he turns, and of course the chapters didn't exist when he wrote the letter, he just finishes by saying, since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He brings it all together at this moment, and he reminds them that what they need to do, he's coaching them, he's encouraging them, he isn't condemning them, he wants them to succeed, he wants them to grow, he wants them to develop, and as he looks at them, he says, says, since then, all of this, all of these warnings that I've told you, all of the dangers of losing Jesus Christ, all of the dangers of losing connection with God, this is what I want to coach you from my little prison cell. This is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to encourage you. Set your mind on things above. And a Christian's life always goes wrong when our mind is set on things below rather than on things above. And you know the difference that coaching can make in our life. When somebody comes alongside of us and helps us, when somebody explains how something works, when something... When we go, and I've seen it because I've had the most hideous golfing lessons. And, and I went from absolutely useless to reasonably useless. But there was an improvement in my golf game as I moved my hips and I chipped it away. And as the golf coach cried in the corner... But I know that even that little bit of coaching over the years, those words, those encouragements made me better, more able. What Christ wants to do, and this is what Paul is doing, he's coaching them about a successful Christian life. He's saying to them, come on, you can be successful. And the way that you can be successful is take your mind off things below and put 
put your mind on things above. And what I want you to do in your little community, in that little village of Colossae, what I want you to do is I want you to persevere and not give up. And that message is still saying today that Christ wants every one of us to persevere and not to give up. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now by this, and boy, Luther, he liked to rail against certain things about the medieval Christianity in the Reformation in the 1450s. He loved to do this. He, he would talk and write about all those, all those paintings of heavenly thrones and and. and angels floating around and, and so on. And when, when, when Paul is writing, he's not talking about the geography of heaven. He's not like saying, set your mind on things above and imagine the thrones of heaven and the angels and, and all of this. No, when he says, set your mind on things above, what he's actually saying is, set your heart, your mind on the joy that you have found in Christ Jesus. Set your heart and your mind on the presence of God and his glory above. Set your mind upon the character and the personality of Christ on things that are above. And what is above all things? All things. Well, Christ is actually above all things. What he's saying is, Colossae, seek Christ first. Don't seek the things below, but seek the things above. And when you seek the things above, you will see the things below change and be transformed. And often we want the things below to be changed. That problem, that difficulty, this relationship problem, this problem that I have to kind of find my way through life and you feel trapped and caught in the fog of life with the anxieties and the problems that come with that. You feel the agony and you feel uh, uh, the lack of direction. You're wondering why, how are you going to get through this problem? And we're looking at the things below, but when you seek the things above, the presence of Christ, suddenly the things below become clearer because you have now got God's perspective in that problem. And our journey is to bring Christ into this world. And so he says, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, Appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. When he uses the phrase about setting your minds on things above, it, it has this sense in the way that the Greek is constructed, it has this sense of a present imperative. In other words, the word set could be used the word seek. And the present imperative is this, keep persevering, keep praying, keep 
set your mind not on the ideas and the fears and the worries and the anxieties of the world below and the stuff and the things that we create and we have and all that flows around our lives. But I want you to keep seeking and keep going and keep seeking the presence of God within your life. And the wording is fascinating because of the use of the imperative, the present imperative that says, don't stop. And we get into trouble when we stop seeking the Lord. We get into trouble when we stop praying. We get into trouble when it becomes a fad. He wants them to keep their minds upon the presence, the character, the joy of Christ, even though they feel the pressure all around them. It reminds me of Einstein. always encourages me when I think of Einstein. Because, you know, I didn't do so well at school. Neither did he. In fact, he was dismissed from his school in Munich because they said he lacked concentration and was clearly not very clever. Hallelujah. <laughs> then he moved on and he applied to Polytechnic in Zurich. When he, now Polytechnic, you may not know, know what Polytechnic is. It's like a college. It's like, and, and he applied and he went to the college and they, they said he could not apply. He was able, so they, they refused his entry saying he wasn't bright enough for the Polytechnic. I bet that was a mistake. And then he was employed, you've got to, you've got to love it. Then he was employed as a family tutor. He was so useless at being a family tutor, he was fired. Oh, you know the story. Time magazine in the last century called him the most influential person of the last century. And you know that he, it's amazing. Won, of course, in what, 1921, the Nobel Prize in physics. The point I'm making is popular opinion says you're no good. Popular opinion says you can't make it. But God's opinion says persevere. Set your mind on things above and you can do the impossible in Christ. You can get through that fight. You can keep persevering. You can keep going for it. You can believe that Christ is with you, even though when others have a different opinion, perhaps about you, and the opinion of Colossae, and the opinion of the surrounding people, and the opinion of the Jewish elite, and the pagan elite, was that these group of Christians were irrelevant, and had nothing to offer, and yet he's saying, set your mind on things above, and keep persevering, even though people may despise you, even though people may... May, may have opinions of you, even though you feel as if you are nothing, you are in Christ and you are hidden in his power and you have a future and a destiny within Christ Jesus. 
So he's saying, set your mind on things above. How do we set our mind on things above? Well, yes, we persevere. But it's created in prayer. It's created in our willingness to keep praying and to seek. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. It is Set your mind on things above only takes place when you and I are willing to take prayer seriously in our lives. When you and I are willing to spend that time with him. When you and I are willing to know where our real treasure is. When we are willing to be focused. When we are willing to persevere. When we want it to be part of our life. When we want it, we just... We just, all we want to carry around in our life is a sense and a presence that God is with us. That we're even in life and the problems, we look and then we pray that God is with us. Even when we face the marriage and the difficulties in life, that God is with us. That he will guide us. That wherever we go, we know that we are people that carry the presence of Christ. My dog I love my dog. Honestly. It's a little voodoo dog. It's one of those designer dogs that they, they we used to call them mongrels. But we didn't, we didn't pay like, you know, $800 for it. And now they're like $3,000. for selling them. Um, I, I could do with the money. But, no, I love the dog, seriously. But, my dog's useless because I've got a tennis ball and I throw it and the dog goes and picks it up and then doesn't know what to do with it. And I say, drop it. That's not, I want a dog that's perfect. Come on. And then I, then after a while, it, it, like it waits for 10 minutes and then it comes back to me, nudges me and says, here's the ball. Throw it again. Oh, in your timing, is it? It's a Wheaton Terrier, which means that it's, it, 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 it's crossed with a Wheaton and a Poodle. So it's Irish and French. That's the worst combination. <laughs> it needs therapy. And my friend's dogs always seem to, to be so much better. I, I remember I used to go to a friend of mine. His name was Jonathan Beavis. And um, he had a dog. And I'd go to his house in, in a place called Bugley, and I'd stay there. And his dog, all his dog would do is carry round a tennis ball. Where it was, it went to eat, had his tennis ball, it dropped it, and then it eat. And then he'd go to his bed, he'd have his tennis ball. We'd go on a long walk through the forest, and he'd carry the tennis ball with him. Wherever that dog went, because <laughs> that dog needed therapy, it had, it had the tennis ball. And it did, years later, it did make me think when you look back at your life and think, you know, I don't want to be like my dog. I would rather be like Jonathan's dog. With the presence and the presence of Christ. That wherever I go, his presence is with me. That wherever I am, that when I get up in the morning, the first thing I think about is Jesus. 
Jesus that when I go to bed at night, the last thing I think about is Jesus, that when I'm tossing and turning in the middle of the night, rather than worrying about this, I set my mind upon Christ. Why? Because ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Paul is coaching them to set their minds on things above and that takes that takes that power. That takes, as Luke says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And where we want to live, obviously that little, that little tennis ball was that little dog's treasure. But in my life, my treasure, when I rise and when I sleep, when I face life and I travel through life, I want the treasure of my heart to be the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who is supreme over all. vacation and you're planning it so you can you can set your mind on things and vac- vacation vacation you know when you do a reno how focused you can be and you've got a plan and you pull it together you know how focused you can be when you put that business plan together you know how your ability human beings have to plan to move Canadians are amazing this you've just built houses and you just move across the country and you're just just incredible what Paul is asking the church of Colossae is would you just live your life focused on Christ you're good at focusing on everything else but bring Christ into every area of your life how do you do that well, you certainly do it by meditating. You certainly do it by praying. You do it by memorizing scriptures. And one thing that has helped me is to memorize scriptures directly related to things above rather than things below. Because I find that when I live my life just being consumed by things below, then I'm losing the things above. But when I live my life consumed by the things above and the, and, and the things of heaven and the things of Christ's heart and his joy and his presence and his character, it always transforms the things below. Can I focus my mind? Yes. This is what Paul's saying. It's interesting as we, what is the reason for this? Why is he saying this? Well, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ. When he says you died, he's talking about baptism. Do you remember when you were baptized? That deep spiritual commitment when you went into the water and you chose to commit your life and you raised and you said, I no longer live, but Christ that lives within you. That, that I am now crucified with Christ. I have chosen to die. And the expression of that was the day when you went into the water and the day you were baptized and the change that took place in your life as you came out of those waters and you said, I now utterly and completely belong to Christ. He's reminding them. So you, were, you died in the past and your life Christ, now he moves to the future, 
when Christ, who is your life, I just got excited. <laughs> this is the best point as well. And I got all excited. I've been talking too much. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. You see, you have died now. You are hidden in Christ. We're all feeling a low level of anxiety and pain. But the message of Jesus to you, even as the news talks about a new variant and new changes, the message to Jesus to you and I as a people is simply this. Set your mind.